0: Um, any questions, please feel free to put a message box. I see that I have uh, one already, just one. Um, if you have any, feel free to shoot them into the, the chat box and uh, we will get to them. Um, in graduate school, I was taught to say no as default and only yes when I have the time or resources to help somebody so I don't spread myself too thin. Is there a way to reconcile this advice? with what you're saying? Yes, there is. Um, This is why there has to be a spiritual guide, okay? Because um, you wanna make sure that your self-denial isn't dangerous to you. By that, what I mean is, I'm gonna, this is an analogy I use all the time, and I'm sorry if you've already heard it before, but it works, okay? Perfect love is that a man lays down his life for another. Okay, so the perfection of love is that I'm willing to do anything to the point of death. That could include failing school. That could include that. Okay, so the only limit on the saying yes should be right and wrong. So I'm not going to do something wrong in the name of love. Okay, now to switch the analogy to something more tangible to us. That's like saying the maximum possible human potential of lifting is 1,000 pounds. Okay, I'm just making up a number and saying that any human being with enough practice, with enough training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, at some point can reach 1,000 pounds. But then we have to deal with the reality that maybe your strength only lets you carry 400 pounds, and somebody else can only carry 50. Someone else is at 700. So if you try and carry 700, but you only have the strength for 200, you might get really injured by trying to do that. If you're able to move it at all, you might throw out your back. You might, you might have all sorts of reactions. And that's why you need to have um, a guide, right? Because for example, what happens if, you are saying yes to something but you're becoming so resentful you're saying i'm saying a because can supposed to be a hodler but i hate them right and you're sitting there you're like i can't believe they're asking me that i can't believe they did that that's not a really holy hodler right so you do need an outside observer that's able to help you to be like no you know what right now you can handle this so we're only going to do this this and this and this or it might be even though you should be willing up to give up your career, maybe your career is needed for your family. So we're going to say this. That's why you, can, you, you will still be, here's how to reconcile it. By getting your halder from your director, you're still resorting to the halder. And that even saves you from that conflict. By saying, no, I was told not to do this right now. And so you're saved from that dilemma. So transfer it to somehow being an issue of obedience, um, and that will save you. I hope that answers that. Um, If not, feel free to follow it up with another one. Um, Any examples on how to apply this to marriage life? That is marriage life. I know I'm not married, um, but I am married, right? And having lived in a monastery, I was definitely married. So in 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 actually in a monastery, forgive me. I know we shouldn't compare. On some levels, I think it's harder um, because you're saying harder to a lot of people. Um, so I'm sure it's not harder like objectively, but sometimes it felt like it because you are giving up your will. And as a novice, because I was a novice, the novice's job is to say harder to everyone at all times. So your wife says take out the trash, say, Harder. your husband says, please don't do that. It annoys me. Harder. Your kid says, could you cook me this? Harder. As long as there's not an objective wrong, that's where there needs to be discernment and guidance. right? And, and, and the objective wrong is not just in the action itself, but for example, a parent who's just saying yes to their kid all the time, that could be really bad. Because a parent also has an objective duty as a parent to teach, right? So they can't just like well oh, I'm gonna have them in the way because I'm saying and then their kid grows up completely entitled, never knows how to take no, et cetera. And I'm saying there, there needs to be guidance. But as long as there's not an objective wrong. So in marriage, it's about imagine if two spouses, instead of fighting for each to get his will, was fighting for the other to get their will. How that marriage would look of saying, no, what do you want? No, 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 really, what do you want? No, I want what you want. No, 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 you have what you want. No, no, no. Like, the argument would be about who gets to win. (laughs) It won't, and it'll be that you want the other person to win and not yourself. That's what it should look like in marriage. If that was what marriages were, I can tell you, man, there'd be so much less marriage and family counseling. Um, Because almost every marriage issue that I've ever witnessed is insisting on one's will regardless of whether there's even an absolute truth about the issue. It's just that someone is saying, I want it my way, and this person hasn't come to grips with that I'm right yet. How can I help my spouse find out that I'm right? That's usually what's being asked in some nicer way, right? Even sometimes people would come, forgive me for putting me on blast, and be like, they'll confess, I'm just venting at this point, where their confession is really... I would like to deliver a message to you about my spouse. <laughs> like, even though my spouse is saying this and, this and this and this and not considering this and this and this and this and even though they're saying it when I am feeling tired and this and that and that and that, I still sometimes struggle a little bit with peacefully saying, okay, ma'alashya, <laughs> wuna halalni, absolve me." right? So it's like, okay, let them win, right? Let the person win so that when you need to win, you'll, you'll be more likely to, to win. Um, uh, there's good examples if you read The Way of the Aesthetics, actually, um, by Tito Colliander. He has um, some exercises for, for married couples on how to do that. Um, okay, how does this it fit in with trying to improve an idea? Like someone tells you to do something one way or it's an idea being brought up in service, but you have your own idea for accomplishing whatever it is. Can you have both? And if so, how do you do without losing out? on That's a great question. So um, one is to ask, what is my rule? Okay, so if I'm coming to a servant's meeting, um, actually, um, I mean, some people are are online here from my church, from my home church. Um, I remember one time when I was a servant before I was ordained and stuff, I was silent for like the first two years of our servants meetings. I was stupid talkative for like the first few and then I was silent and I thought I was being like super holy. And I wasn't being super holy because I was filled with a billion opinions. I just wasn't sharing them. And I was judging everyone that was having other opinions. That's what I mean is you can act holy on the outside and on the inside, be like, ah, they're all dumb. I was doing that. And so in confession, I was telling Abuna this. And he was like, why aren't you saying them? That's the point of a servant's meeting. That's not the place of silence. That's the place of bringing your discussion. So where's the balance of it? Is that I present my idea without the expectation that people follow me, right? So that I can come to the table and say, here's an idea I was thinking about, perhaps we could consider doing this, right? Or someone has an idea that you have a concern about where you can say, I'm so happy to try that that idea. Um, Can I express, because if you're being sincere, you're not just trying to make the person's idea not win, you're being sincere. Right, so you can say I'm a little bit concerned about that idea. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying here's what I'm worried about when I hear that. I just wanted to bring it to the table. Maybe I'm not right in my concern. If I am, what can we do about that concern so that we don't, so that we're ready for it? Right? Then, then you're a team player, and you have had both. Um, and let the will of the group prevail. Right. And then sometimes it's good to get an exercise from your spiritual father about silence or not silence. Right. So, for example, um, I took on as an exercise at some point when I was a priest. OK, that the priest there's a different kind of temptation because it's easier for me to get my way because <laughs> I'm in charge. Right. So when I was in charge of the parish, I could very easily just be like, yeah, no, we're doing it like this because I like that. Right. And so it was important for me to receive an exercise to say, just because you can have your way in the service doesn't mean have your way. Right? So I was trying to to be obedient to a rule that while I was in the service, that somehow um, I wouldn't be quick to do things in my own way, but to let people have their way. And the beauty of it is exactly what we're talking about. On the occasion where I jumped in to say, I'm not comfortable the groups were never hostile to my react to my reaction or my input. They weren't like, oh Lord, here we go again. People weren't defensive and being like, no, that's not what we're saying. Or can we just try? They were just like, okay, no, no, no problem, because it wasn't the norm, right? So it really has an effect even in, in the service. Um, will God, especially in the service, will God make it clear when we should not obey secular authorities? He already has. Where there's something against the gospel, gospel wins. So the gospel says obey authorities and the magistrates. And just like obedience even to our parents, that's in the Lord, right? So if the government says pay taxes, we pay taxes, okay? If the government says don't run through red lights, we don't run through red lights. If the government says marry two people sacramentally who are of the same sex, we say no, we don't. Okay. So it's, it's, it's always a matter of, is something against the actual gospel? Um, when you initially obey, but it becomes too burdensome, how do we keep pushing? That's a, that's, that's a great question. That's exactly why we need a guide because you really do need a diagnosis because to use the analogy we talked about earlier, what happens if you're trying to carry too much? Sometimes the solution is to put it down. Sometimes the solution is to say, guys, I'm only able to carry 200. This thing is 400. Hey, you are able to carry hundred. You are able to do 75. You're able to do another hundred between the four or five of us. We can totally lift this. Can we lift this together? Sometimes that's the solution, right? Sometimes it's that you're trying to lift it the wrong way. You're not using, you're using your back instead of your knees. Right. So you need that outside guy to do it to help you pace yourself, because if you go to the gym and go from zero to 100 in a day, you're, you're going to get wrecked. Right. And you might get injured. So you do need the personal trainer for that in particular. Um, but what I would I would add to that is that if you're not able to do something because it's too burdensome, the key there is to be able to articulate it's because I can't lift. So many times in marriages and service and fights, whatever it is, we're coming to the disagreement saying, the reason why we're in a problem is because that guy is insert problem here. But a person with the spirit of Hazar is going to say, I'm so sorry. Because of my weakness, I couldn't say Hazar, I wasn't able to lift. It's my weakness. It's not because you're bad. It's because I can't. That changes the tone completely. Um, I have heard that the blessing of obedience is so great that even if the advice was faulty from our spiritual father, that it will be counted as right before God. Is this correct? That is correct as long as it is not something against the gospel. Right? So, for example, I can't, if my spiritual father tells me, go lie. I can in good conscience say no. I, 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 I. Discipleship is always first and foremost to the Lord. The authority of any kind of spiritual fatherhood or mentorship is only through the Lord. So if my trusted teacher is not obedient to the Lord, I owe my first and foremost allegiance always to the Lord. So I have to obey the Lord first. So, um, but if my spiritual father is doing something that I don't like, that's true. I'll give you an example again from my own life. Um, my spiritual father taught me that like growing up, that monasticism and celibacy are a calling from God. Okay. There are some people who believe that it's a choice. I'm now of the opinion as well, that it's a calling. I wanted to believe it was a choice because I hadn't been called yet. Okay. And so I was just, okay, but there are people who are there and it was really bothering me because I wanted something. I obeyed him. The only thing I ever maybe did right as a youth was obedience. And I don't even have that gift anymore. That's why I can say it. I suck at it now, but I was obedient. Okay. And so because of that, My priest was saying, no, you're going to get signs. You're going to get this. You're going to get that, blah, blah, blah. And I would talk to some monks who were like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't think that's the case, which was a real warfare for me to obey because it was like, I want to listen to that other Abuna whose opinion suits mine a little bit more um, because then I can go, right? The obedience gave me so much grace that I never would have expected. Not only did I get everything that Abuna said that I would get. It gave me a complete confidence in the calling. When I got my calling, I was petrified about my conversation with my father of confession because I was like, what if he thinks that my calling isn't real, that this was demonic? And then when I went to go see my father of confession on just a normal, regular visit, like I I didn't give it a, a, a special introduction. I had finally got the calling and Abuna looks at me when I walked in, he was way more serious than usual. And instead of doing it at his house, he's like, meet me at church. He was like, listen, I, I think I know why you're here today before you even say anything to me. And I was very taken aback because anyone who knows Abun Afanasi Iskander that's not his style. Um, and he was like, you're here to talk to me today about monasticism, aren't you? And I was like, yes, I, I am. And he had given me a rule, no calling, no discussion. So for three years, we had had no conversation, no discussion. So this wasn't like it was like every other week conversation. It had been banned. And he's like, I don't know why I know, but I know. And I don't know why I have an answer, but I have an answer, right? That spirit of Hadr, I didn't, until this day, Abuna doesn't even know what happened. He didn't even ask, right? He didn't care. He's like, I already know. God spoke to me too. So yes, the spirit of obedience to the spiritual father, absolutely. God blesses it immensely. Um, what do you do when practicing obedience with one person with practice obedience with another person? That's a great question. Um, I hope you can give an example as a follow up. I'll speak generally. And then if you can follow up with something specific, if what I'm saying doesn't answer would be helpful. One is to determine who you are supposed to be obedient to. Okay. So for example, if it's something service related or, or work related, it's, where's the chain of command okay is this government regulated is this my ceo regulated it is it the head of service regulated it is it the bishop is it the priest which one is it which one carries the most weight objectively that has binding authority where there's binding authority objectively i start there if it's spiritual life that's why a person should have in my view one father as many mentors as you'd like. Having many mentors can be confusing, but one father, only one person from whom you take a rule. Only one person from whom you take your actual instruction of, of here's what we're gonna do. Okay, otherwise you can be really messed up. Or if your spiritual father says, I delegate out this specific thing, like a doctor, continue to specialist, no problem. But there's a system, right? Of saying, so sometimes for me, for example, because I'm a celibate, um, in California, a lot of the time, some priests would say, with regards, because some people would feel the call to monasticism or celibate life, they'd be like, okay, go to Bonap for regulation of that aspect of your life because he's in that life, right? I have sometimes sent people out for more marriage issues that are out of my scope where I'm like, I think you should go talk to this priest or another priest because this one's a little out of my scope. That's arranged. So, But have one designated father. Where it's tricky is like if there's two responsible, like if it's my parents, right? If I have one parent saying one thing and the other parent saying another, that's a problem. But the problem isn't me in this case, actually. It's, it's my parent, right? So if it were me, I would say to whoever is yelling at me, I, if there's a way of gratifying both, then I'd do it. If I can't, then I would say it as humbly as I can of saying, I would like to obey you. Like we talked about in the examples, I would like to obey you it is my intention to obey you. Please tell me what to do because you're giving me this commandment. But parent number two gave me a different one. And so I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. Can you tell me? And then if they say, okay, just do it anyway, they're like, okay, if, if dad gets upset with me, um, is it okay with you that I tell them that I was being obedient to you? Because dad is going to ask me. Right, like, like, there's nothing wrong with being honest about that because you're not trying to say no, right? Your, your objective is actually to say yes. Um, but that's, that's how I do it. And so if that doesn't an answer, please um, follow up because that's a, that can be, um, that can be a tough one, right? So for example, one time in the brotherhood, one of the priests wanted something of me. Um, and it was tough on me cause I didn't want to do it straight up. Okay. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be straightforward. Cause everyone in the brotherhood knows about it. So they, I was new in the brotherhood. Um, we were not in the, the new property that you guys have seen or not seen, but like we were still living in the house in Pomona. Okay. So we are, we have these random bedrooms and we're all in each other's space and I had just joined, I was still Deacon Anthony and, 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 um, Deacon Theophilus. Now when Sani. we were the novices. Right. And they just got a chapel done in the, in, the, in the house. And so one of the fathers was so excited because he likes to pray every day. I don't like to pray every day at all. Okay, so it's not because I don't hate liturgy. It's not my style. And so I like sometimes to stay up reading. Maybe I'm playing video games, whatever. Okay, I, I suck, but I, that's not me. So I was like, I can't do this every day. <laughs> like, I, I will go crazy. Um, And it's not just because I don't want to sacrifice, but I'm literally going to be resentful towards liturgy. I don't know. Like there are some people who have this beautiful gift of appreciating liturgy, no matter whether they do it a billion times a month or not. I'm not one of those people routine of, of every single day. If I'm tired, I will get a certain grace from it, but I start to be inattentive. That's, that's how I am. That I'm like, this is even bad for me. I think spiritually, But moreover, we have an abbot. His name is Ambassarabyun, and he said once a week, right? And so I was like, okay, I want to sacrifice. So if the issue is making urban, I'll make urban. It's not about how much sleep I get or I don't get, like it's not about that. So I got saved because I didn't know what to do, and I didn't want to complain, right? That Ambassarabyun came to visit, um, and this was like week three of me in the brotherhood, and I'm like, I don't want to be the troublemaker. And Sayyidina's so, you know, just like, huh, how is everything going? Are there any problems? And so I took a, a risk and I was like, well, um, not yet, but there could be one. <laughs> and it was like, so I don't know what I'm supposed to do because he's the teacher. So it wasn't to get anyone in trouble. He's the abbot. He's the teacher. He was my father confession at the time, right? So I'm like, Abba, I, I'm being asked to do this. And I don't want to, <laughs> but I will. I will. It's just that it's not my style and I'm asking you not to give me permission to say no to him. I'm asking you to tell me what is it that I should do. Do I obey him? Like, is that my duty? Is my duty to say yes, I'll pray every day? Because if you say to do that, that's not i saying, turn it into a rule, I'll do it. But I want to know if it's right. Not just if I, if I should say yes, I also want to know if it's right. I'm a servant is a beast and so... Like, Ambassador is all about personal freedom. So it worked in my favor, right? Because Ambassador is like, no. But that's his role. That's the difference, right? He is the abbot and it's his role to teach. So Ambassador, even though he could have said, yes, just obey, Ambassador said, no. I didn't ask that of you guys. I explicitly said once a week. If somebody wants to pray more, no problem, but not at the expense of someone else. So if you're able and willing, go for it. But you don't need to give an excuse. You don't need to say why you're saying no. You have full authority in my name to say no. And when there's a special feast, when there's a special occasion, if you can, if you can gratify his will, do it, right? So it was, it was. when there's a chain of command, it makes things more objective. It makes things um, a lot more easy. So where possible, find that, that chain. And what I usually tell, especially married couples, dating couples, um, family issues in general. Like, usually, I'm, I, my rule of thumb is do what you can handle plus one. Okay? The so way you can handle is, is just walking one mile. It's the I can carry 200, I'm just gonna do 100. The plus one is saying, no, I'm gonna fight to de- deny my will. I'm gonna fight to give it a bigger halter, right? So that there's, there's always a struggle for more sacrifice. Right. So when I go to my father confession, I might say, okay, Abuna Fulan wants me to pray seven days a week. I'd rather pray two. How would I alternate weeks of three or four? Right? Then I'm I'm giving up something. I'm not saying my style reigns over yours. Because if you're not able to pray because I'm not available, I'm also taking something from you as a member of the community, as a member of my family. That because of me you don't get to pray that's not nice either right so it's it's that balancing um by the way anyone who's bored out of your mind feel free to go like don't be embarrassed i know this has gone on for a while Um, um how to be how does one be obedient when you feel as if you lost everything or when you are bitter yeah that's hard that's really really hard um and, and again, I, I know I've said it over and over. This is why you, you need um, to have a guide. You need And not just a guide, like a, a father, like, like someone who loves you. Um, to help diagnose your bitterness and your, and your pain. Um, because those are real things, right? Sometimes we've been so wounded that we are like children throwing a tantrum because we don't know how else to express it. Right, and so we say no to everything to make a point. I've done that. Okay, I, I've I've reached that point in my life before where I've done that, um, and so it's to come back and say, my obedience isn't about this human in front of me. My obedience is about Christ in front of me. Because that's what Christ said. Everybody is me. Whatever you do to any of these people, you're doing it to me. Right. So to me, it's to say, Lord, today you want me to cook for you, I'll cook for you. Right? That that's the ideal. I'm not always good at doing it, but that's that's the mentality you should have. Lord, today you want me to be slapped, I'll be slapped. But I'm telling you, I really don't like it. It hurts. God never said anything about liking your cross. Never. Christ Himself said, Father, if it were possible to take this away, take it. If there was any way to not do this, like I would have liked that road but I have to take it. So you're not called to say, I love this, it's beautiful. That's not the request. The request is to lay down your will to take up the cross, right? And what I can say to you is that a person who bears their cross in suffering and says, Hadr in suffering, the grace that they receive is in incredible abundance. It really, really is. I've witnessed it with my own eyes in so many people um, that God God does play favorite with those who suffer. He does. Um, He constantly throughout all of the gospel says, because of the oppressed and the sighing of the needy and the poor, will I arise, says the Lord God what's stirring me and provoking me to action is this victimization of my people. That's what he says, right? He didn't say for any other reason. He said, those are the people that I stand up for. What happens when a person rejects grace, they lose out. Um, They really, really do lose out. Um, And it, and it makes them, those are the ones that become the most, 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 most bitter. Um, and it's a really scary sight to see sometimes. Um, it's really, really a travesty. Because it's where you, you hate a person so much that you refuse to take something from them. Because grace is a free gift. Right? So rejecting grace is saying, I don't like you. I don't want your money. I don't want your affection. I don't want anything to do with you. You can get lost. It's, it's, a, it's a dark place. God doesn't reject them. Right, he's saying my 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 bank account is open, Um, but I I won't force my grace on you. Um, There is a follow up to the person who is asking about I think the service question about having other ideas about saying sometimes I might struggle where sometimes I might say yes but I have a yes but X Y Z. That's okay. That's a step above right of having your but. But all I would say is make sure that the. that's reminding me of that horrible video. How can I get this? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Um, but <laughs> I can't even say it now. Try as much as you can that if you have a reservation, if you have a however, that it's objective. Okay, that at least you're saying, um, I'm saying yes, however, can we please take into account What if the advice you are given by your spiritual father is opposite to what you are hearing from God, sort of like the story that I told? However, your spiritual father insists on his advice. What is the correct path in that circumstance? I would say to God, because if you believe that God is actually speaking and that it's not just you and your emotions, I would say to God, God, you have put humans in our lives so that we don't guide ourselves, so that we don't presume ourselves to know. So if the thing that your priest is asking is not against the gospel, then I would say, God, if this is really you, speak to my father's heart concerning me. Right? Just like when I went to Buna, I said to him, Buna, here's what happened. I don't know how to interpret this in any other way. Right, I'm I'm shifting the responsibility on you, right? I'm even risking a relationship with a father that I love so much. I didn't say that to him, by even entertaining the idea of listening to you over that. I'm saying, and God God does God does respond. Um, is there room for placing boundaries in your own life while still living a life of Hadza? If so, what does that look like? Yes, there is. But I would say work those boundaries as much as possible to your spiritual guide. Um, so that you're always being pushed to give more than what's comfortable. But yes, there should be boundaries because there are some people whose natural disposition is to say to no to everyone. And there are people whose natural disposition is to say yes to everyone um, in a way that they, they, they can't function. Um, and that's why it's so important to have these, these, that extra set of eyes um, on the outside looking in to protect you and me from ourselves um, with it, right? Like I am surprised sometimes, a lot of people think when they ask their guide that the guide is always, if they're Christian, gonna be like, of course you should, you should definitely do this more. You should definitely, like I've been more often surprised that many times with with the very few different fathers of confessions that I've had, I've only had three in my life or four, sorry. Um, Just two of them extremely briefly um, when I was trying to figure out my life. Almost all of them were, were very quick to tell me when I needed to slow down, where I thought I was going to be told do more. I was very surprised at how often they were actually saying, no, calm, calm down a bit. I think you, need a, you might need a timeout. This is too much. Um, I realized I might have taken advantage of someone always saying yes to me. How do I make things right? That's beautiful that you can see that, okay? Because I think a lot of us do that. So good for you for having that self-awareness to identify it. Um, And so I would say now try and offer yourself back. Next time you find yourself wanting to ask them to do something, ask them what can you do for them. Next time you're in 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 a circumstance with them, be like, what do you want to do, right? What do you want to eat? What movie do you want to watch? I always choose the movies. I always choose the restaurant. I always choose the topic of conversation. I always choose the direction of service. What do you want? Right. If you want to master this even more, um, ask questions when you're in conversation with people. Don't talk about yourself as like m- make your, you the least part of the conversation. Ask the person, how is your day? What do you think about this? What gets you excited? What's your take on it? What's your story? Right. That you're, if you're in the habit of listening more than speaking, um, and I know how hypocritical I am with that now, especially as a priest. But when you're in the habit of hearing more, you will be in the habit of asking less of, for things. Because your emphasis is going to mostly be on other people. So you're going to be naturally thinking about everything you heard about other people being like, oh, yeah, she was really stressed out about her exam. I wonder how she's doing. I'm going to ask about her right? Oh, I think he said that he had a job interview this week. I wonder how that went. Let me hit him up. How did his job interview go? Right? I remember this guy, last time I saw him, he didn't look himself. Right? I think I'm going to, I'm going to check in on him. Right? You get used to thinking about them, that instead of having an expectation that somebody says, to you, you're going to have as your norm, the opposite, your norm is going to be trying to do something for other people. That's an awesome question. Um, I can see the as you wish way of life expected of us in our personal relationships. What about this idea of personal freedoms on a macro level? Rights being encroached by government institutions, yeah. So that can be an issue. I, I, I am viewing COVID personally in that way, not to not to get political, right? But of saying that the difference is that government authority, by definition, or at least in a, in a democratic um, country. Government authority is given to the government by the people. That's on the roots of it. So the people are allowed at some point to say, we, we don't agree with your, what you're doing. And your authority comes from us. So we reject you. So you can do that as a Christian. You're allowed to do that as long as you're not breaking the gospel. Right? So you can't be lying as a means of doing that. You can't be killing as a means of doing that. You can't be violent in a means of doing that, right? So that that's that's a tricky one. But yes, there is room. There is room. I just don't want to go there because it's it's so on topic for social justice, social action, all of that. Um, there's room for that. It's just those are are not as well developed theologically because those are really new phenomenon. This this concept of democratic nations and and all that, these are new. That, that's not historically very old. In the history of the world, democracy is, is in infancy. Um, in my personal opinion, it's been a, not a very well carried out experiment. Um, even if I like the idea of it, I just don't think it's been practiced well. And the same in that communism is a great idea and is also often not practiced well either. Um, so we do have room for that. But as long, just make sure that the gospel is rule number one um uh how are you able to tell that it was your calling to leave canada if i'm struggling to figure to figure out if it's god's will for me to leave this state or college or not how can i tell um that was the talk earlier tonight for one of the schools um god's will is its own thing so i'm not going to spend too long on it um forgive me um if you want to email me i can send you a link to a talk and then we can also bring it up as one of the q a's and maybe one of the topics what i'll say specifically about the specific question you asked is that when god wants something very specific from you he will say it very directly okay you won't need to be sitting there being like hey that shadow moved funny i'm not sure if that was god or not you're not going to sit there and be like um i don't know like i got two positives and uh, you don't like that's too complicated If, if like God's not playing games with you. If God is actually explicitly asking you to do something, he will say it. When he asked me to leave, he asked me clearly to leave and actually explicitly said California, um, which I didn't want at all. So um, no offense, Californians, I love you all. And it was one of the best things that happened in my life. But I'm just saying that was not my my human will and, and, and expectation, right? God was doing his own thing in his own way. Um, so, A, God will speak to you. B, have a guide. Guides are very good for that. And C, live God's will always in everything, in the small. Follow the gospel. If you live the gospel, you're, you will, as, as the Lord said, be able, as his sheep, to recognize his voice. But if you're not living with him, if you're not in a relationship with him, you you um, you won't. I'll leave it at that generally for now. Um, forgive me. Um, What do I do when my guy doesn't have an appointment time for me? Fire him. Um, He's speaking to me. Um, So (laughs) feel free to fire me. Um, I have news for you about that, though, bro. But I won't put you on blast here. How to be obedient when you feel as if... Oh, uh, we did that one earlier. I already did that one. Um, The obedience for the spiritual guide versus the obedience for a father confession. Okay. So traditionally... So, okay... Most people, their father confession, their spiritual guide is the same person. Okay. So usually there's not that kind of uh, disparity. Um, if you have them separately, I would suggest that you tell your father confession that you receive your rule from another person just so there's no ambiguity in, 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 um, in guidance. And so that you don't feel that pressure. Right. In my experience, most people have been okay with that right? Um, and if they're not okay, ask them why they're not okay. They might have a good reason why they're not okay with it, right? Maybe you're trying to escape them because you know they know something about you and you just don't like it, et cetera, et cetera. So that's its own discussion. There's actually a booklet that um, I finished. It's in editing stages. Um, and Crudeless um, will be looking at soon. I've written a booklet, actually a guidebook to that, to all these issues, just as as Um, guidelines for obedience, confession, when to obey, when not to obey, when is it time to switch? Um, How do I switch? Um, How much is to, all that kind of stuff is is all in that. God willing, hopefully that will be out soon. But um, have that clarity, right? Um, And just say, who am I taking my orders from? Um, And then as long as, so I, I would treat that situation like having a GP and a specialist, right? Of saying that, Okay, like my my confession father will be like my um, what's it called in, in the states your primary we, in, in in Canada your 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 GP, um, and then your specialist is your specialist in that situation. So that if your father confession says, well, no, I'm going to give you a rule for this because of this issue, because your 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 spiritual guide, it really depends on how open you've been with them. I am I don't want to spend too long on this, but I can send. Um, um, send me a a text if you don't mind the person who wrote this to my Canadian number don't forget because sometimes you send to my American Um, but send me to my Canadian I can send you a link to the document um, as well um, from already like you don't have to wait for that to, to come out because I would also say that I really do think a spiritual guide I recommend that it be a priest it does not have to be a priest and I say that emphatically it does not have to be a priest I just think that it's safer to be a priest. It's like, like the example I give is like hiring a nutritionist versus a fit friend that you know. A fit friend might be qualified to teach you, but, but the other one has, a, has the legal qualifications because spiritual life is, is, can be dangerous. So just have clarity with that. Sometimes there's some people in my life who I am closer to. I feel that total obedience with them would be a sign of weakness or losing part of who you are slash being weak um, willed because you're caving to them. How do you deal with those thoughts? It's actually the opposite. Because the person who is voluntarily giving up his or her will is the one with power because you voluntarily laid it down. That's why Christ says to the people who are killing him, that should have been the ultimate sign of weakness. He's being murdered. And he's theoretically creator of the universe. He is creator of the universe. He says to them, he says to Pilate, while on trial, after having been beaten, right? The Lord says, Pilate says, don't you know that I have the authority to kill you? And the Lord answers him saying, you have no authority over me other than what heaven gave you. I lay down my life of my own will. No one takes it from me. So actually your laying down of your will is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength because you know that you could have fought it. Right. And, and, and if it's, um, especially when it starts to become a spouse or especially with a spouse situation, sometimes again, get the guidance. Cause sometimes it would be worth having a conversation if it becomes abusive and you can't handle it anymore. Right. That, that's its own conversation. But I just say to the actual question, it is actually a sign of strength. Where is the line between finding a spiritual father you want to be like and just choosing anyone and being obedient no matter what? Does it then not matter who you choose? It does not matter who you choose if the person is qualified to be a spiritual father. As long as what they're raising you is in the gospel, actually, if you're obedient, it won't matter who you choose. And as a matter of fact, I would say even more, that person who says, I'm just going to be obedient, that person is totally different. That person will excel so much because they're not doing it for fame. They're not doing it because the abuna that they're going to is so cool and so hip and everybody loves them. They're not going to them because, oh, that's the guru that everyone talks about there are people who are disciples of saints and they're messed up people because they're just with them because they're famous. I, I know a saint who has the gift of exorcism. He's been a monk since 1955, who has the gift of being spirit born, who has sons in confession who don't resemble their spiritual father in any way, shape or form. They're just there by affiliation. So um, in that booklet, I do have some recommendations about how to go about choosing your father confession or spiritual guide. I think that a person should look more for characteristics than for um, other things, but that in the case where you have no options so California, you guys are so lucky, right? Like we have in the LA diocese, like 60 plus priests now. Right. In like, like the, the vast majority within like an 80 mile radius. Right. In other areas where, like where we grew up in, you've got one every, every 60 to 100 miles. You don't have the luxury of choosing. You have one, right? And if anyone wants to tell me that they didn't benefit from that one they had, then they're wrong. They did, right? So your spirit of Hazar is more important than the person who's giving you the order. God will work with you directly. Don't, don't, don't ever worry about that. Um, How do you overcome regret and resentment from saying Hadzim? Again, that would be a good thing to talk about your guide of why do I have the regret and the resentment? Because sometimes what's going on is you're sitting there trying to pick up that 400 pound weight and you're only strong enough for 200 and everyone's screaming and yelling at you. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Right, And they're like, why aren't you picking it up? And so you're breaking down and you're resentful because you feel like everyone's screaming at you instead of helping you. The problem might be others, right? The problem might be you. The problem might be others. The problem could be so many different things. And that's why you, like, it would be good to, to, the only way to overcome the regret and resentment is to get a proper diagnosis of where it's coming from. Because also, sometimes we feel resentment. So I'm somebody, I'll, be, I'll put myself on the line here. I hate saying no to people. I hate being unavailable to people. I hate not responding to people. I actually really get upset. You might not believe it about me. It's true. I really feel so guilty. But when I feel guilty, instead of showing it in remorse, sometimes when I feel guilty, I get really hostile. I get really defensive. And so I, I, I it's like, I, because I want to say yes, I'm treating the person in front of me as though they're demanding me and they're not demanding me. They're just asking, but I'm treating them like they're demanding from me and they're not. And then I lash out, right? Many of you on this chat have seen that side of me. I'm sorry. Right. And, and it took me a while to realize I was doing it. Right. Like it took me a long time to realize that I was even doing, I didn't realize I was doing it. And so i'd just be like oh here we go again i'm never good enough everybody's just mad everybody just wants this and this and this i guess i'm never gonna make it and and realistically i was just having a pity party and nobody was thinking that nobody was saying it nobody was even accusing me of that right and so i just like oh and so that by itself was enough to calm me down and be like oh the issue is me so it's the die it's the diagnosis um Due to events in my mother's life, she's adopted a really unhealthy way of living and a negative outlook on life. Many of the times I resist her commands is because she's attempting to push these unhealthy habits of, or this negative outlook onto my life. My spiritual father is aware of my situation and encourages me to continue to resist as respectfully as I can. I still feel guilty resisting and I feel as though I'm breaking commandments since she my mother. Is this guilt coming from the fact that I should be obeying her regardless of the consequences? It could be part of it, um, and it could be just that you really love your mom, which is really nice, right? But the, the commandment... So first of all, the Ten Commandments say, honor your father and mother. The New Testament says, children, obey your parents. And it says, obey them in the Lord. So you owe them in obedience where it's not against the gospel. So it's good that, that your spiritual guide is, in, is involved to help allay that. What I would say especially I've dealt with characters that can be very demanding and that devour you and it fatigues you. It totally drains you. Right. And it does become very difficult to be peaceful and kind in their presence because you get used to feeling defensive because you know, they're just going to like suck the life out of you. Okay. So I, I know what that's like. So setting healthy boundaries really does matter, not so that you can deprive them of something, but so that you can go to them with more energy energy when you see them so that you're actually in a good mood when you see them. Right. And what I do with people who are like that with me is I go out of my way, like I'll try and have some kind of rule to do something for them, something special for them because the issue is not that I don't love them. The issue is that I can't fulfill their need that they want. And so I want to show them that I do value them, but it's just it's not going to be necessarily in the language that they're expecting. Right. And so maybe I'll go to my way to, to, to find some tangible way to show them I value you. Just because I'm not able to do this thing that you want from me doesn't mean that I resent you or that I don't like you. So that would be my suggestion. Um, There's a couple of questions about God's will that I'm going to leave out as their own God's will thing to try and deal with these. Um, I'm going to maybe call it quits in like 15-ish. So um, how do you find a balance between being obedient but having a strong sense of self? The two actually aren't contradictory. Um, And first of all, to the person who messaged me with this, I'm sorry. I saw that you texted me and I haven't gotten to it just to put myself out there on blast again. Um, story of my life, but, um, and I just want you to know that I did get your message and I am going to reply. How do you find a balance between being obedient, but also having a strong sense of self? So obedience doesn't mean that you don't have a strong sense of self. Actually, it can often mean the opposite because a person who has a strong sense of self knows why they're saying yes or no. Right? So for example, like when someone says, "I, I want you to do this, if I can do it, I do it. And if I can't, I know why I can't. But it's not because the person in front of me is dominating me. It was it was actually my choice. It wasn't their choice. It was my choice. Right. And so I would say start off by being objective. Do I owe the person obedience? Yes or no. If I owe the person obedience, then this has nothing to do with sense of self. I owe it to them. Right? I'm a priest, I have to follow my bishop because that's how it is. If you're at work, you have to listen to your boss or you'll be fired. That's how it is. Right? If you are a child, you have parents to some extent within the Lord, you have to listen. Right? But if it's not a relationship where I owe the obedience, right, then it's a matter of, of choice. And so now I'm the person in power. Right? And that doesn't mean not sometimes speaking the truth. For example, our Lord submitted himself to die. He submitted himself to beating. And yet, when the one guy slapped him, our Lord looked at him. He didn't defend himself. He didn't fight him. But the Lord looked at him. The Lord had a very strong sense of self. He knew exactly who he was, right? And the Lord said to him, for you've seen me speak in the temple. And actually, one of the fathers of the church says, he believes that Christ really meant it that that guy, that individual that slapped him saying, you personally, you have seen me in the temple teaching. You've heard everything that I teach. If I've said something wrong, tell me what it is. But if I haven't said something wrong, why are you slapping me? That's power, right? That totally unnerves the person in front of them because How do you argue with that, right? So having a sense of obedience and sacrifice does not take away from your identity. It it actually gives it more strength in my my view. Um, What if the source of your bitterness is in part related to perceived inattentiveness of the spiritual guide and what to do if they just don't feel like a father? That is a much more common phenomenon in our time, okay? Actually, I don't know if that's objectively true what I just said. I think it is. I don't know that it is. Okay. I I hear it complained about a lot. Um, And I think that there would need to be a good discussion. And to the person who wrote this, I have not forgotten your emails either. Um, But um, I will reply about that. And I know that it's related to this issue. Um, That's a real issue. What I would say is that there's got to be a lot of balancing going on where it's like, okay, do I have the right expectations? Okay, because sometimes I have a wrong expectation, I might think that my guide should be available. I'm not I'm not now speaking about the person writing this question. I'm speaking generally, I might expect that my guide is going to answer me on demand. Right. I'm like, so some of these these desert fathers that we're reading about they walked for miles to see the spiritual father It wasn't on demand, like we think. Right. And I think especially because in the age of instant media instant gratification we're used to very fast responses to things and it carries over in everything and we're all guilty of it myself included right where we 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 want an answer now and quickly and it should be easy because i can google whatever i want whenever i feel i can get an answer right away and so sometimes we treat spiritual guidance like that but spiritual guidance isn't like that because spiritual guidance also includes you going through life standing up falling down racing yourself being forced into situations that's real life and then you come back and say this is how it went, right? So make sure your expectations are right. Having said that, your expectations might be totally right and you still don't feel that fatherhood and you still don't feel that you're getting the attention that you need. That's still a possibility, okay? Now, if that happens, you have to ask, do I have other options, yes or no? If I do, consider them, right? And it's not disloyalty, it's not because you're bad, it's not because you're weak, it's not because you're a jerk, it's not because you're judgmental. If those aren't what they are, then they're not right? So assess yourself for those. And if it's not those, okay, maybe we're not a good fit. Maybe it's not that. If you don't have a choice, that's a different situation, okay? Where you don't have a choice, that's where you do need to go in with a total, and that's why I'm hoping the booklet comes out soon, the spirit of discipleship. I can't, I can't emphasize, how, emphasize sorry, how important that is and how real that is. If you have that God will be working with you. He will be. He's not going to say, ha-ha, you're screwed because nobody was willing to take you on. No one was willing to answer questions. Nobody was willing to do blah, blah, blah. But what help you can get, get. Right? Maybe, maybe you're going to be that person who has to go to three or four retreats a year and get general advice from the person at the retreat. Maybe. What I will say to you is because you are going out of your way to seek the word of God, actually, and not just because you're trying to to have it your way, God's going to work with that. He will work with that. Um, So that is an understandable source of bitterness. But remember that our first and foremost, our real father is always God. That even if our spiritual fathers fail us, and they do, and we do. I failed people. I know that I have. we're human. We will fall short. We will. Right. And so I need to remember that my real father is God. And two, to help deal with the bitterness is to remember the humanity of, of our, of our fathers and guides. Right. And to remember that they, they are usually not being malicious. Right. Um, and I would say here, here's something, here's something, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more vulnerable here. I, I, I'm, I'm going to like, I'm not a good spiritual guide. I'm not. I don't consider myself a guide. Okay. I want to say yes to everyone, right? So I'm gonna. I'll talk about something that somebody from my home parish. We had a discussion about because this person was struggling with her spiritual father about it, um, and she was like, "This person just doesn't reply. At least even reply and say I'm busy. You know, if if he would just reply and say I'm busy, I would appreciate it." And it really struck me. Because I was like, it's funny that you're saying that, because to me, I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to be in a position, ever, from the day of my ordination, to ever have to say to someone, I'm busy. That hurts me, right? And so to hear someone saying, no, I would like to hear that, it was like, whoa, I would have never wanted to say that to somebody. I would never want to say to someone, I'm too busy for you that that's got to suck to hear. I would never want to hear it. Even though when I think objectively now, not with a priest hat on. Okay. Right. Is to, is to step out and be like, yeah, if I messaged my spiritual father and he said, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Can we talk on such and such a day? I wouldn't be offended. <laughs> right. But there's, there's this struggle that your spiritual fathers or father confession might also be having right about those things in other cases i've been overwhelmed sometimes where like let's say um like i'm in a weird position i don't want to use me as an example like as as a positive or negative but in in la i went from church to church to church to church to church i wasn't parish priest of one church right and so if you end up getting a whole bunch of messages i'm not trying to justify anyone i'm just trying to say also understand what people are going through um you'll be added to like 70 different group messages right you're in like 400 different things you've got somebody messaging saying um i'm about to divorce another person is saying my son is in the rehab center because he od'd um, this is going on and 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 they're all going on at the same time and everybody's situation is an emergency actually Right. So I'm not even making fun of it. Everyone's emergency is an emergency. And so Abuna is being forced to triage. Right. And then at the same time, you've got people who want buna to be a friend figure. And you've got people who want buna to be a fatherly figure. You got people who want Abuna to be the visitor at the hospital. And you've got people who want Abuna to be the real estate agent and translator. And I'm not being sarcastic because they trust Abuna, not because they're crazy. They trust him. And so all of those things are going on and Abuna wants to say yes to as many people as he can. I'm speaking in general, I'm not talking about me. And so I'm saying, because your, your question is how can I deal with the source of bitterness? I'm saying, remember what Abuna is going through. Um, and, that, and try and find the places where Abuna to the best of ability has shown you love, right? That's what I do whenever I'm upset at anybody, right? I'll step back and be like, No, they do this because they love me, right? Even sometimes when someone's upset at me for not answering, sometimes I would get annoyed at them, just being honest. And then I would be like, no, why am I upset? He's annoyed that I'm not answering because he wants to talk to me. Because he likes me, not because he hates me, right? So as a matter of fact, this person being upset, it's a sign of their love. It's not a sign of their anger, Right? And so if we, can, if we can sympathize with one another, both directions, right? Um, then I think that it'll be easier to deal with those bitterness. And I feel for you because I will be honest, I know some people get ca- caught in the crossfires. And I think if I'm going to be really, really transparent here, I think that there are some people, if they're not the super servant type, if they're not in the, involved in the service as much, if they're not like gung-ho deacon, if they're not Sunday school teacher, if they're not that some of those people don't get as much attention and, and, and it sucks, right? Because it's just like, oh, like, what do I need to do to be important? Um, and that's got to hurt, right? And so I, I'm sorry, like for those who, who might be going through that. Um, last one. These are amazing questions, like really, really good questions. And there's 30 more. So if I haven't answered your question, I haven't seen it yet um so please um 31 more um please uh save them because then maybe what i can do is maybe next week won't be a topic it can be only q a to to go through more of those um and we can go from there so um uh mino i sent it to you as a text sorry to get personal if you haven't gotten it yet um shoot me another text i will reply to it with the link again um don't worry about it but that's I did send it, just so you know. Um, More related to relationships with our spiritual father. If we have difficulty communicating with our father, i.e. getting ideas across precisely due to language barrier, large age difference, how would you recommend navigating the relationship? Yeah, that's that's a real issue. So one is, like I said earlier, if you have other options, consider them, right? Don't worry about a loyalty thing. It's not a loyalty thing. You're not leaving your father because you think he sucks. It's just that you do need to be understood to the best of your ability. Okay. Where you don't have that, where, for example, like that's where your servants, especially older servants can come in really handy. Right. To have, that's what I mean about have one father, but many mentors. Right. Take, take servants on that you trust and you can relate to as mentors. Right. So um, there's nothing wrong with going up to your servant and being like, can I ask you a question? Like, how would you deal with this situation as a Christian? That looks like this right and and approach them in 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 confidence um and and where where there might be a lack with the priest there is there with the priest do your best really do your best right so for example there was an age gap between me and my father confession growing up but there wasn't really a language gap he was his language was 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 great but there was there was an age gap but even sometimes i felt like he didn't get me um, and so, what I would do is like, I would listen, I would take it in, I'd absorb, and then I built up the courage to be like, Abuna, forgive me. I'm not sure that you actually understood what I was trying to say. I, I didn't mean that. Or maybe, and if would is defensive of that culturally, then be like, maybe I didn't express myself well, Abuna. I think I might have portrayed what I'm saying wrong. Um, actually, what I'm trying to ask is um, this right? Put in that effort and you'll see the fruits um, come out. But if you have other options, take them, make friends with your servants. Um, Again, going on retreats is very helpful. Going on conventions is very helpful because there'll be like a lineup of priests and you can talk to them. Like one of the things that I love home in LA um, at our retreats, like really love the last few GYPs, right? As we had like at least six or seven priests. Right. And that like, there was just like a full out lineup. Anybody who wanted to talk to anybody could could talk. Um, And it was really beautiful. Like it it made all of us really, really joyful. Um, So you might want to consider investing some money in going to retreats, even if they're a bit far um, to get some of what you're looking for. um, And God will look at what you're you're trying to do. Um, I'm going to end it there. It's 1125. I'm so sorry to keep you guys so late. You guys are beasts. Um, there's 35 more, um, questions. So if you guys want to save it, um, to next week, um, would be awesome. And, um, what's it called? Um, I think maybe I'll reserve it to these questions first, rather than having a new topic. Um, and then we'll we'll go from there. If you guys are available daytime, we can make, uh, maybe I'll do a survey of, of what kind of daytime available people have because maybe um, every other week there can be a, a morning or afternoon time Q and A, um, and to, to address them if their questions are too many. You guys are awesome. Let's pray, our Father, and then we'll be Um in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're gonna go in. Lord, make us ready to pray with all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And in Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Ever. Amen. Now the love of God the Father, the grace of the God, only gone. Son, the King is with you all. Go in peace, the peace of the Lord be with you all. Bye, everyone.